I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. This is Husker Online, your authority on Nebraska athletics. In this weekly show, the Husker Online team will give you the latest insight on Husker football, basketball, baseball, and of course, recruiting. Now, here's your host, Husker Online publisher, Sean Callahan. Hello here and welcome again to another edition of the Husker Online show. Sean Callahan here bringing you through this next hour as we've got a great show on tap. Um getting ready, number one, to head out to Indianapolis for Big Ten Media Days. Uh, travel out there Monday. The Media Days events are Tuesday and Wednesday out in Indy, um, and it's jam-packed. I mean, you look at kind of what's going on right now. Um, Nebraska, Coach Frost will go out there. Scott Frost will um, go out there with his players Monday. Travis Volkolek, Quentin Newsom, and Garrett Nelson uh, will represent Nebraska, and you know, they'll get there Monday, and they'll be out of there by a little after 12 noon on Tuesday. Um, so it's a quick trip into Indy, um, but rightfully so. Nebraska's players will report for the start of fall camp, and they'll begin fall camp. Uh, their first practice will be on Wednesday. Uh, so when there are teams that begin talking at media days, Nebraska will already have a practice in the books on um, Wednesday when they open up things. But want to hit on media days first because it will be the first time we hear from Coach Frost in terms of fielded media questions since the red-white spring game in April. So this has been well over three months, almost four months, um, since we've heard from the head man. And lots of questions. We'll get lots of time with him. Um, so, you know, wh- where's he at with this roster, with this team, with this quarterback, with his staff, with NIL? Um, so many different topics to get to Coach Frost. And um, you know, the other thing that's going to be interesting when you look at uh, the schedule, obviously, July 27th is the first practice. Uh, the media will get our first day of interviews over at practice. Uh, let's see. We're going to be over there on Friday, the 29th. So uh, they'll practice Wednesday, Thursday. We'll be over there Friday, the 29th, and then back over there again on Monday, the 1st of August. Um, but the schedule jumps out to me how they're doing this. Uh, Nebraska will go three days in a row, then off. Three days in a row, then off. So they're three one three one three one three. Um, Nebraska, you know, normally would do four or five days in a row, but you can tell uh, they've learned a little bit probably playing week zero the year before how they want to manage their days, their practices, their schedule, and uh, this is a unique approach. Um, and I think they're trying to build up off days to kind of give this team the right kind of work and rest. Um, but it's the most unique fall camp schedule that I can recall. Um, in my time at Nebraska with this 3-1-3-1. And, you know, they'll go into a regular schedule in the season, but um, where will the scrimmages be? How will they work this team over that course? Um, right now we're scheduled to get two 20- to 30-minute windows to essentially watch stretching. So we're not going to really get to see a whole lot of fall camp. That's more than we got in the spring, though. We weren't able to go in there in the spring uh, to see the beginning of practice. So uh, that will be interesting. Now we'll talk to assistant coaches – during fall camp 
Um, all the different assistant coaches and coordinators, along with Coach Frost and players, are available. Um, one interesting change is the assistant coaches will not be available once the regular season starts. Now, the coordinators, Mark Whipple, Eric Chenander, still available. But your position coaches will not be available. And that, that's brand new. We haven't had that at Nebraska. And um, it definitely led to some uh, reaction from the media. And, you know, I, I can see it both ways because it is very insightful and helpful um, to talk to all the assistant coaches. But at the same time, it's pretty rare. You don't see very many teams anywhere allow the assistant coaches uh, to talk to the media like Nebraska did over the years. I mean, sometimes you'd have an assistant coach talk 20 minutes after practice, and the head coach might only talk five minutes. Um, so I think there were some consistencies there as my guess that, hey, you know what? Um, maybe it's not a good idea to let an interview with our linebackers coach go longer than other interviews go uh, because that guy's technically not really the face of the unit or the, or the team. Um, so they're going to change that up. And um, does it change my job? Sure, it does. But I understand it. Um, you know, I, I go back to last year. Tuesday would be the day you'd get the assistance. Well, you already get the coordinators on Tuesday and the players. It's really, really hard um, to work in assistance as well. Um, I think we talked to like Mario Verdusco once all year, maybe twice in the season. Greg Austin was the same way. Um, so it was a deal where over a given month, you might get an assistant coach once, um, but it also depended on the mood they were in. Some of those guys, like Greg Austin last year, he didn't even want to talk, obviously, the way his unit was playing. Um, so we didn't really speak to some of these position coaches that much during the fall at all. Um, so it is a change, um, and that will be something I think what people will have to adjust to, but it is what it is at this point. Um, now, Nebraska, as I mentioned, will start August 27th. We're going to have some players joining me here in the studio. Quentin Newsom will join me here in studio as he gets ready to head out to Big Ten Media Days. I'll also be joined by Tommy Hill. Um, so your two projected corners are going to join me. But up next, I'm going to be joined by Tom Cakehart, the publisher of HawkeyeReport.com. He covers Iowa as well as anyone, longtime friend and colleague of mine, and Tom is going to give some insight on Big Ten Media Days and also Iowa's collective. They have finally got their collective off and running, um, you know, and that just happened this last week. Tom was there. He actually talked to Kirk Ferentz at the event. So we're going to get some thoughts from Tom on Iowa and their NIL plan and where that's at going forward. That's all next here on this week's version of the Husker Online Show. Hi, it's Sean Callahan with Husker Online. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right. A company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones and see what we find. Learn more at uscellular.com slash built for us. This is huskeronline.com, your authority on Nebraska athletics. And welcome back here to the Husker Online show. Uh, I said coming up in the show, we're going to hear from Nebraska Corners, Quint Newsom and Tommy Hill. Uh, but before we talk to those guys, and by the way, as you heard, Quint Newsom will be heading out to Indy for Big Ten Media Days. And another guy joining me here on the program will be joining me in Indy as well at Big Ten Media Days. Uh, my longtime friend, colleague, Tom Cakehart, publisher of HawkeyeReport.com, uh, your market-leading Iowa Hawkeye football site. Tom, um, I'm expecting you to buy me a nice shrimp cocktail in Indy this week somewhere. 
<laughs> so that means you're going to take care of the steak and potato at yeah. Elmo's then? Yeah, that's a, that, that, that's a, that's not a fair trade, but yeah, we'll, we'll figure that part out. But uh, hey, Tom, it's great, uh, great to catch up. We're both heading out to Indy, and it's going to be um, an eventful deal. Obviously, everyone's had their dog and pony show with the ACC, the Big Twelve, the SEC, and the Pac-12. Now the Big Ten is final here on this final week. Um, and, and, you know, it will be interesting, number one, to hear Kevin Warren address the status of this league. And then even just the between NIL and conference expansion, um, there's going to be a lot of interesting things that come out of this media days. Yeah, and on top of that uh, with the Big Ten is also the media rights uh, negotiations that are ongoing. And if uh, Kevin Warren will drop any breadcrumbs about the the hundred million dollars that they're rumored to be getting for each of the schools uh, or close to that um with that contract you know could be an outstanding time really uh and it would seem like maybe doing it at media days would be an ideal time to speak on it uh with everybody but yeah with usc and ucla coming in um with nil it's going to be one of the more interesting Big Ten media days that we've seen in a while. I'm curious, Tom, what was the reaction just from your people in Iowa tied to the program about the additions of UCLA and USC? You know, I actually talked to Kirk Ferentz yesterday about it, and um, I said just, you know, what, what did you think? And he was stunned and asked Fran McCaffrey, the basketball coach, that too, and he was like, I was stunned. You know, nobody knew it was coming. And I think they were like, well, it's, you know, like Kirk said, it's it's about money, right? You know, the answer to all your questions is usually about money. And that's uh, exactly what it was. It was, you know, and you just deal with it as a coach. And just he, Kirk just kind of looked at it and goes, it's kind of sign of the times. And this is uh, the world we live in today. So that's that was his reaction. What I'm interested in now, Tom, is what are they going to do um, kind of with your scheduling partners for football? Yeah. We, we know that Nebraska – I mean, we thought Nebraska, Iowa, Wisconsin, Minnesota was going to be this perfect four-pack. I mean, everybody was on board with that. I mean, I think all, if, if you quiz those other fan bases, yep. that's the four-pack. Now you've got the two Western teams added, and Nebraska being the most West, um, logically you might – think Nebraska is going to be paired with one of those teams so there's just a lot of questions you have about you know how many teams are going to be in these kind of guaranteed scheduled games and we thought four was kind of the the perfect number but um, that could change here quickly yeah it is going to be interesting it seems like the divisions are going to go away for sure so we're not going to see east and west after um, you know maybe uh, next year or something whenever I guess they'll probably just dump it when um, when when the conference expansion happens, uh, it'd be my guess. But um, they're just going to go to straight records, and then it seems like everybody's going to like the three and three and five, you know, kind of just switching around or whatever. But uh, I, you know, it, it did. It was it was perfect for Iowa from Iowa's perspective. You had three trophy games. You had the the um, the Heroes Trophy for Nebraska. You had Florida Rosedale, and you had the Heartland Trophy against uh, Wisconsin. So you've had had those perfect games, but now it might be uh, a little foursome of Iowa, Nebraska, USC, and UCLA. And that's interesting to me because then 
you know, you're basically looking at like every other year, you're going to go play a game at the Rose Bowl or you're going to play a game at the L.A. Coliseum. And that's not a bad idea either, right? No, yeah, it's it's going to be um, fascinating. But at the same time, they're going to want Michigan and Ohio State and Penn yep. State, uh, particularly yep. Wisconsin, playing those teams because those games yep. are going to be why this te- television deal is yeah. more valuable. They don't want Rutgers playing UCLA. They're not really interested no. in Maryland versus USC. But they are interested no. in Penn State playing those games and other games. But, yeah, and then the, the you know, you, you're more tied into the Rose Bowl with your – your long history with Iowa than anyone in Nebraska. What, I mean, what do people think is going to happen to the Rose Bowl? They think it's just going to become kind of a, a playoff game, a, you know, some sort of part of the playoffs and no longer obviously have this conference affiliation tie in. Yeah, it is. Um, the, the, one of the first things I thought about when I saw the story, the, the John Wilner tweet, I was like, so the end of the Rose Bowl, there's just, uh, I mean, it has just become a, devalued product if you don't have USC and UCLA in that conference, not that they went every year or anything like that, but the PAC 12 or the PAC 10 or whatever it's going to be, you know, even if, you know, there's a chance that four or six schools leave there uh, still, it just, we don't know what's going to happen, but even if they stand pat, it's going to devalue what the Rose bowl is because you can't put a USC in there or UCLA and, and, it, you know, is, is anybody going to be excited about Ohio State facing Washington State in, in, in the Rose Bowl? I mean, people will tune in to watch because it's the Rose Bowl, right? But uh, they're just it's just going to lose some of the juice. I think they've just – Rose Bowl's just – I think we're, we got to just um, – you know, it's got to be the semifinal or the, the championship game and just have that as one of the sites. And I, I think that would be great. Well, I hope that this maybe opens back up New Year's Day to be the permanent yeah. semifinal day. And the Sugar Bowl and the Rose Bowl had the lock on those games where they automatically got New Year's Day. So we you know, we have this goofy playoff schedule every year where this year we were watching New Year's Eve games, and that sucks. Yep. No, no one wants to be watching big playoff games during a New Year's Eve party. You know, it's just not – No. You know, it just doesn't work. So th- there could be some good that comes out of this. But, yeah – that fascinates me, and having like San Diego State join the Pac-12 and make the Rose Bowl to play Ohio State, I don't know if that does much for anybody. That doesn't do anything for anybody, and you know it's you know uh, we thought we had the twelve game, the twelve team playoff, and now I don't, we don't know if that's going to happen, and there's going to be some kind of you can bet that the SEC is going to try and keep Notre Dame at the table as a separate entity. So they don't have to be forced to join the big 10 because that's the last thing that the SEC wants to to see happen is for Notre Dame to go to the big 10 to make the big 10 a more valuable product. Um, but the big 10, wants, I mean, that's the apple of the big 10's eye, right? Is Notre Dame. It always has been and always will be because they're a perfect fit And Notre Dame's not going to go to the SEC. There's just not a cultural fit uh, there uh, academically or culturally. There's just not. As we wrap it up here uh, with Tom Cakehart um, of Hawkeye Report, Tom, Iowa also announced this last week the formation of their collective. Uh, you were at the press conference. You visited with Kirk Ferentz about it and uh, obviously have some good knowledge of the collective. You know, get, Give us your take on Iowa's collective, where it's at, kind of what the what the big picture thought is of them launching their collective here uh, heading into august 
Yeah, it, it's called the Swarm Collective, and um, one of the unique things that they've done with it is they've got kind of two components, like an LLC, uh, businesses can get involved that way and, and do some different things, but also they've uh, created a 501c3, and they're going to have, like, basically make it, um, it it's charity-driven, and so they're, they're partnering up with the United Way uh, in Johnson County and Washington County, the two neighboring counties of uh uh, Iowa City, and they're going to have football, basketball, and women's basketball players uh, all participating. And a lot of them showed up yesterday for the press conference, which I thought was a nice touch. And um, and they're going to do charity work and, and uh, be compensated for that. Uh, now, I know some people say, well, it's not charity work. They're getting compensated. But their involvement is going to lead to more charitable donations, is the hope, and uh, raise more awareness to um some of the charitable endeavors that they're taking part in at uh, at Nebraska, Tom uh, volleyball is obviously a, a big draw, and and yeah. I and and at Iowa, it's wrestling. That's kind of their volleyball. I mean, in terms of drawing eight thousand at a wrestling match, Nebraska does that for. I'm curious because I, I believe we saw Michigan really capitalize off NIL and wrestling um, to get some guys to Ann Arbor. Um, is Iowa you know going to have their wrestling heavily involved in this NIL collective as well? Um, not initially, but I believe that the wrestling folks are doing kind of their own private thing right now from a collective perspective. And so they, they felt pretty comfortable doing that. They had just, uh, the wrestling kind of club, if you will, had just raised, uh, $25 million for a new wrestling only, uh, training facility that's, uh, have ground, ground has been broken actually outside of Carver Hawkeye arena. So, um, that is in the process of so the hole is dug. Uh, so they're, they're working on that. So they just kind of dovetailed, I think, off of that, uh, with some, um, fundraising that they're going to do for, um, a, a separate collective venture. And then lastly, Tom, Iowa's going into Big Ten Media Days. Um, I, I don't know about you, but I feel like the West is a complete grab bag and you have to really analyze yeah. these schedules because the crossovers do matter. Uh, for everybody, and you know, Minnesota's got easy crossovers. Nebraska's got a favorable crossover. On the flip side, Iowa and Wisconsin um, have pretty difficult crossovers. So, when you analyze Iowa going in the division, the crossovers, um, what's your read on the Hawkeyes right now? Yeah, instead of uh, having uh, you know, like uh, Maryland and uh, Indiana uh, last year, uh, they're they're going to have uh, Michigan coming to Iowa City. Uh, which will be a tough test, obviously. And then uh, going to the horseshoe to face Ohio State for the first time since uh, 2013 uh, there. So that's going to be another big test, too. So um, they've they've got uh, a much more challenging schedule. Now, the good news for them is that the Nebraska game and the Wisconsin game are uh, in Iowa City. Uh, they do have to travel to Minnesota, which will be tough game in November uh, so a little later this year than it's been in the past so um, they do have a challenging schedule and um, it's I, I think it impacts things when um, especially when you if you get two of the the tougher East teams on your schedule when you get a Penn State or you get an Ohio State or a Michigan or maybe even a Michigan State we'll see how they are this year but if you get two of those that's always uh raises stakes a little bit makes it more difficult and i forgot to put purdue in the conversation because i do think they they are a yeah. contender i mean 
I think there's five teams too. that have a shot. I mean, I think Illinois and Northwestern aren't there. And, you know, it's a stretch probably for me to say Nebraska right now, but um, I think they have a favorable schedule, and that does matter. So we'll, we'll see kind of where it all goes. I think the Gophers got probably the best draw of anybody uh, when you look at all their, their full it, schedule. You know what? It may end up with the, the West again with the two-loss team winning the – Winning the league, I would just in conference. I would be surprised if it's if that doesn't happen, just because I think everybody's kind of equal, uh, you know. And I don't know what Northwestern's going to. Will this be one of those years where Northwestern just comes out of nowhere again and ends up, you know, being in Indianapolis uh, for the Big Ten title game for what the third time in like what six years? I think now. We'll find out in Dublin, I guess. Uh, they'll be uh, yeah. Nebraska gets to see him right away, week zero, and. Um, we'll see where that all goes. But, Tom, uh, appreciate you taking some time. Looking forward to catching up with you in Indianapolis this week. Yep, we'll see you there, Sean. Thanks for having me on. All right, well, much more to come. You're listening here to the Husker Online Show. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. And that is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and, not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. You're listening to HuskerOnline.com, your authority on Nebraska athletics. And we're back here on the Husker Online Show. Sean Callahan as we're closing in on the start of fall camp. Before we get to that, the segment of the show brought to you by um, Restore Hyper Wellness in the Wilderness Hills Plaza right off 30th and Yankee Hill Road. Go on in to Restore. Uh, Check out all the core services they offer. You can get cryotherapy done there. That's when you go in the freezing cold, negative 160-degree chamber, uh, infrared sauna. You can get hydration IVs, uh, tons of great products. Go into Restore Hyper Wellness, 30th in Yankee Hill Road. Got to ask you, Quentin, as we bring in Quentin News for our next guest, have you ever had cryotherapy done? Oh, yes. Yeah, I have several times. It's the real deal. Yeah, it's the real deal. It, It definitely helps your body. Where uh, did you get it? Did they have one at the stadium or? Uh, nah, I, uh, the one I go to out here is called Lost and Float. That's the one I go to out here. But uh, when I go, I've been going since I was in high school. So, yeah. But the one I go to out here is called Lost and Float. So are you like three and a half minutes? Like, I think three and a half is about the highest to let you go. Yeah, it's something like that. I think I'll be going like. It's either two or three. It's either two or three minutes. Something. But they like that. they probably crank it up. Yeah, they do. I just be in there just. Staring at the wall, <laughs> trying to Who let was the it? go past. A couple NFL guy, Antonio Brown, like didn't have his feet covered, and he got like frost, severe oh, frostbite yeah, yeah, on his yeah, toe. Yeah, yeah, that's that's crazy. But yeah, let's talk some football. You guys are closing in on the start of fall camp. Um, weightlifting's wrapping up. Where is this football team at right now? I think this football team. Um, it would be hard to put a put like a top to where we're going in this thing, but I feel like we're definitely an elevated football team. I think we got all the pieces we need to succeed, and um, I think this is going to be a very good football team this year. And this defense lost a lot of you know guys that have been here for a number of years, five, six-year players. Cam Taylor Britt was a four-year guy. Um, when you look at this team now and where it's at on defense, 
how have you seen the leadership structure of this defense kind of reshuffle and, and come together? Uh, I, w- I would say that um, we had guys who were leaders last year who are still here that just had to step up, like, as myself, like, even me, just people who didn't have to be as vocal because we did have them six years, fifth years around. So I would say that everybody's stepping into their role and everybody's just embracing it because there's no way going around it. And um, I, I would say that we have great leadership on this team. We got uh, leadership council. We hold each other accountable and everything, whether it's meals or class or uh, anything like that, so. And this will be your fourth season, right, at mm-hmm. Nebraska? So, yeah, I mean, you, it doesn't – I mean, you, and you're still technically a uh, junior. junior. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, you, you've got a lot of years underneath you at Nebraska yes, as far as learning the ropes. What did you learn just from watching some of the older guys and, and kind of what's your style as a leader? Um, I learned that uh, that you got to lead by example kind of before you can be vocal. So, if, if you – telling these guys to do this and do that and you're not doing it then it's it's not gonna get anywhere it's not gonna it's kind of like they won't respect you so being a leader what I learned from the old guys is uh you got to come in and be ready to work every day there is no off days um you can't even if you're having a bad day you you can't let everybody know um and I would just say just bringing the energy to the team every time, um, just encouraging them young guys, man. We're talking here with Nebraska cornerback Quentin Newsome, and, and speaking of leaderships and being on a stage, in just a few days you'll be out in Indianapolis as one of the representatives for Nebraska at the mm-hmm. Big Ten Media Days. Are you excited? Are you nervous? I mean, what was your reaction when you uh, were asked to represent Nebraska at the Big Ten Media Days? And there'll probably be about – Maybe a thousand media members there uh, to ask questions. Man, I, I was I was very excited. I, first thing I thought was like, man, I gotta go get a suit. Uh, so I, I'm excited to go out there with uh, my teammates and coach. Uh, I'm I'm just ready to see see the experience and just be able to go through that and just just learn from it. Yeah, you'll get a lot of different questions, a lot of repeated questions. But you mm-hmm. you got to act like you, you haven't heard the question before. <laughs> yeah. Someone's going to ask you the same question probably 55 times. Uh, but it's a great experience. And now you guys will probably just go in, in and out on the same day, or will you stay overnight on Monday? Um, Right now, I don't know yet. I think the plan is to go and just come back because we have a report day for fall camp coming up and stuff. So And you have fan day that night. Exactly, yeah, we do. So all three of you guys going out there, Garrett Nelson and, mm-hmm. and yourself and I believe Travis Vokalek, mm-hmm. you'll have to get right back and, yeah. and take. you'll be a part of fan, you'll be at fan day as well, yeah. I'd imagine. Yeah, well, yeah. so we're going to have to come right back and um, go to fan day. That's going to be uh, – yeah. <laughs> You know, and, and you start earlier this year. I mean, I mean the, the way the way week zero and the way your days line up. I mean, it's it's a. I mean, what do you think of the earlier start of fall camp, kind of rolling into report day on July twenty sixth? Um, I think, I think that it would, I think that it would help us get our, get ready for the season earlier. Have guys locked in, like not thinking that oh we have time to do this, we have time to get ready for this. It, it's time to lock in right now, so people had to be prepared for fall camp coming up because fall camp is going to challenge you mentally and physically, uh, especially when you're coming in as a freshman. So I, I think I think that it's good that we're starting early. Fall camp, though, is different than it was years back. I mean, there's no more two-a-days, and you know, they're, they're, they're a little bit more restrictive on the hitting. Mm-hmm. Um, 
what as a team like what do you try to get i mean you guys are already in shape right now i mean is it more about the mental and the execution of things as much as hey we got to get back in shape now it's fall camp um i would say that uh yeah we're already in shape but um it's nothing that can get you ready to play football other than playing actually getting on the field playing football uh i think the fall camp this year is about execution about knowing where to be when to be there just just everybody knowing their job and being physical being mentally sound things like that how what's behind the scenes with so many newcomers 15 transfers three jucos you've added obviously the high school kids that have joined the team what's it been like i mean have there been any growing pains kind of getting some of the newcomers you know in line with how you guys want to do things um i I wouldn't say there's been growing pains. Of course, uh, it's just different when some people come from different organizations or different, like come from high school. Of course, it's, it's just different. It just takes time to adjust. And I, I think everybody who's came here has adjusted and locked into the to the team. And you guys will go to Ireland August 22nd. So you get on a plane. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, we're about a month away from from getting on a plane to go over to Dublin. How much have you talked as a program about the trip? I mean, what do you know? about kind of what you're getting ready for to open the year? Uh, we, we we don't talk about the trip too much. We we kind of just talk about the game, more of the game. Um, but, yeah, uh, I, I think that everybody excited to go out there just, just, to, just to see, like, different things. And But everybody knows that we're going out there with a football game. So uh, I think that us and the coaches are really focused on um, – on the game at hand. What are you going to do on an eight-hour plane ride? Oh, man. I'm probably going to get my uh, Boom Chicken Pop popcorn that they be giving us on the plane, a little Chick-fil-A sandwich, eat, go to sleep, watch a movie. You know, that's it. It'll be interesting when you guys go over there just adjusting to the diet and, yeah. and the food. I'm sure Dave Ellis, that'd be he's got probably as important of a job as anybody just to mm-hmm. make sure you guys, A, get hydrated right, and B, yeah you know, have the right food in you because it's different when you go overseas. Uh, I, I went to Ireland in December for a, a trip for the game, and let me tell you, breakfast is a lot different than our breakfast. <laughs> yeah, see, that that's, that's kind of – I mean, that's, that's what I want to see, but, I mean, I don't want it to – you know, I don't want to have too high expectations just because we're going overseas. But, yeah, man, I, I mean, I kind of want to try something different. Yeah. Good seafood. Really good seafood. You like seafood? Yeah, I love seafood. Uh, they have steak, obviously, um, uh-huh. but it's grass-fed, different kind of steak than we're used to here. Um, mm. But the seafood was phenomenal. So okay. highly recommend the seafood. You probably won't be trying the Guinness or the Jameson out there nah. during the game week. But that that's for the fans listening, I'm sure that will be a big, big spot. But, hey, Quentin, uh, we appreciate you taking some time. Um, looking forward to kind of seeing things come together and, and – um, Congratulations again on uh, the chance to represent Nebraska at Big Ten Media Days. Yes, sir. Appreciate it. Thank you for having me. All right. Much more to come. We'll be joined by cornerback Tommy Hill next. You're listening here to the Husker Online Show. You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L-I-B-S-Y-N-Ads.com. You're listening to HuskerOnline.com, your authority on Nebraska athletics. And welcome back here to the Husker Online Show. Thanks again to Quentin Newsom 
uh, joining us here on the program as he gets ready to go out to Big Ten Media Days to represent Nebraska a week from now um, at the Conference Media Days event. And joining us here um, is his partner in crime, uh, the other right now projected starter at cornerback coming out of the spring, Arizona State transfer, Orlando native, Tommy Hill. Tommy, it's great to have you in studio. I don't think you've been up here with us yet. Nah, this is my first time up here. You're liking the studio, Mike. I'm liking it. I'm liking it. Like the mic. Why are you? I mean, you you've had a spring, you've had a winter. I mean, you've essentially had seven full months in in Lincoln, Nebraska. How have you adjusted just to the new program, the new regimens, the new playbook, everything as you get ready now to enter your first fall camp? Uh, everything was hard coming in, uh, just from the weather, uh, like uh, playbook, knowing from the playbook, coming from man, knowing everything around. So that was it was hard. Let me just say that, but. At the end of the day, I got through it and pushed through it. Where have you made the biggest jump since the spring? Uh, the playbook. The playbook. playbook. Yes, sir. And but you're you're an island guy, right? Yes, sir. So like the casual ones, like, well, how hard can it be? You just got to guard that guy and run with him. But obviously, no. it's much more yeah, it's, intri- intricate it's a lot than more. Uh, how the personnel is, how you uh, line up to them, uh, just how they come off the ball, how you read it. Just stuff like that. With me coming out of ASU, I was just man. Wherever he go, you go. If you take go to the bathroom, you go to the bathroom. That's what I learned. Well, in this conference, the running game is a lot more important. I mean, you're gonna play teams like Wisconsin and Iowa and Minnesota, mm-hmm. and they're gonna try to run the ball. You know, 65 percent of the time. Sometimes, mm-hmm. I mean, I'm sure that's a big change from the Pac-12 in terms of how the teams want to run and how the corner has to be responsible for that as well. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, I love to hit. I still do. Um, at ASU, I still hit. Uh, spring, I was hitting. So that nothing changed. If it was running my way, I'm going to make the hit. We're joined here in the studio by Nebraska cornerback Tommy Hill as he gets ready to open up his first fall camp. And I asked Quentin this. You guys start pretty early. Uh, July 26, I believe, is mm-hmm. the report day yep. uh, for you guys. Um, but as a player, I mean, do you like it early? I mean, do you like to just get going right away? Man, I've been thinking about this the whole way, so I'm ready. What is camp like? I mean, it's different than the season. I mean, you're there probably 6 in the morning, yeah. and you, a lot of times don't maybe leave until 8, 9 o'clock at night. Right. So uh, when camp start, everything is locked in. Phones away, everything out your head, playbook in front of you, ready for the next play. And for players – you know, it's two or three weeks, but it's a long two or three weeks. Mm-hmm. It's long, but we're going to get through it. Uh, everybody going to get through it at the end of the day. Um, and just at the end of the day, we're going to compete in the fall. You guys brought in a lot of newcomers to your room. Uh, mm-hmm. There's eight of you total. Yep. And then you have veterans like Quentin and Miles and, and Marquise and, um, you know, some of the guys that have been around, uh, Braxton, Noah Paul Gates, Isaac Gifford. Um how how have the newcomers kind of blended in with the veterans and you know has that been a process uh not everybody knew coming in you had to compete for a spot so even the people was here they knew they had to compete for a spot so at the end of the day uh when the first game come we're gonna see who the first depth chart is what jersey number did you get by the way oh i got zero zero was yes, that sir. okay so <laughs> everybody wants that single digit number yes sir um was it hard to get zero? I mean, was there some competition for zero? Not, yeah, it was competition with uh, Frost, uh, just making two picks and practice. Uh, I had to make that. Uh, sometimes Coach Frost tried to tell him not throw him away. Uh, but at the end of the day, 
uh, I try, he makes me better, and I make him better. And Jacquez Yan, he's still zero on offense. Yep. So you yep. guys can't That's be on special teams together. Yeah, we can't. <laughs> yeah, I was talking to him about blocking for me, but we can't. <laughs> Unless you want to put a different jersey yeah, on you. I'll pit on 99, let him block for me. <laughs> <laughs> so people, who else wanted number zero on defense? Uh, nobody really wanted number zero. Everybody wanted to keep their own number. Keep their own number. Now, were you zero at ASU? No, I was number six. Six guy, you know it. Yeah, six is Quentin, right? Yeah. So, yeah. so I couldn't get it. Yeah. So you have to rebrand. Yeah, I had to rebrand myself. <laughs> hey, the opportunity with that number zero. I don't think Nebraska's had really a, a successful play. Because zero is a new number. I mean, you guys haven't mm-hmm. been able to wear zero right. for, you know, till the last couple of years. Right, right. We're talking here uh, with defensive back Tommy Hill. Have you been able to get back to Florida at all um, since you've been in Lincoln? Uh, I went back for my birthday in March. Uh, it was a good experience. Uh, loved it. Went back with my family, uh, celebrated my birthday with them, and came back. Does it like? I mean, but you did, did it tell you like, man, I, I like it here at Nebraska. I mean, have, have you been able to really kind of blend in and, and yes. adapt? And, and and what do you like about living in Lincoln, Nebraska, so far? Just everybody. Everybody has a, friend, uh, a smile on their face. Just walking past, everybody's waving. Uh, this is a nice uh, state to be in. You win some football games, it'll be even bigger smiles oh, right yeah. here. A lot bigger. Have you studied the schedule? Like, do you look at it? Do you understand, like, oh, we got Oklahoma, North Dakota, Georgia Southern, before, after Northwestern, and then you, know, you play? Do you know much about your schedule? Do you kind of look into the teams you're playing right now? Nah, uh, I did when I first got here. I started looking, but at the end of the day, we start. I, I look at the first game, then I look at the second. I, w- I, w- I push for the first, first. You feel me? So I think about the first game through everything then I worry about the second game what are you most excited about going to Ireland and what are you most nervous about going overseas for a football game just getting off the plane <laughs> that's what I'm nervous about but at the end of the day I'm just ready to get a dub and you'll be there for a week I mean have you been yeah. on a bowl trip did Arizona State go on a bowl trip or with COVID and stuff it was a little different uh they went on a bowl trip but uh, I uh went into the transfer portal before the bowl trip so yeah you've never been on anything no. like this before no sir uh, I mean, what do you what do you expect it to be like to be out there for a full week? Uh, just the adjustment, uh, the life, uh, just the memory, just going overseas, um, just having memories. Any family members um, gonna make it out there for you? Uh, my mom, my godmom, my godfather, and my brother. They gonna try to make it out. Well, that's exciting. Yes, um, sir. Have they got their trips booked up and everything? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. All right. Yeah. So I mean, I'm I'm sure for a lot of guys going overseas, there there, there aren't that many guys that have gone overseas before. Right. Right. What do you? I mean, what do you? Uh, have, you have you even been out of the country before? Uh, yes, I did. Uh, I I went uh to Guatemala my high school trip. Guatemala. Yes, wow. sir. It was it was a nice mission trip. Uh, just knowing we went to Zone Six. It was the rough neighborhood, but we was helping build houses for the uh new communities and stuff like that. So. It was nice. How long were you there doing that? It, it was about a week. About a week. Yes, it was like a spring break type yes, trip. Yes, sir. How was that experience like as far as the weather, the food, the where you guys stayed and stuff? Uh, Where we stayed, it, it was a little rough. We was in zone six. But we stayed in the uh, the top of the mountain, so we would see down. So it was a good experience. But uh, just seeing how they life experience, uh, how they lived, and it was really trying to see – it was really trying to make us uh, be more thankful of what we got. 
I'd imagine, yeah. And I'm sure, so you get, when you get there, like, to build a house, everything's already ready to go, like, you, and they just put you right to work? Is there yes, something, sir. like, all right, we got all the material, this is what you guys got to do? At first, we got there and start meeting the people we're going to have to build the houses for, uh, Loveland family. Um, then the second, the second day we got there, uh, it was work time. How many people built the house with you? It was about 12 of the teammates, uh, plus more. Um, can't say the whole uh, the real number. I don't know, but it was a nice, good amount, uh, friendly amount. Wow, that's a really, really interesting story because there aren't a lot of guys, obviously, that get that opportunity. Right. And I'm sure that's something you always remember going. Yes, I'm grateful to do the house. But hey, uh, Tommy, we really appreciate you uh, taking some time. Um, I know uh, we're we're right in the thick of it, right a few days away from kind of yes, getting sir. going here, and I know you're excited to get going. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Appreciate you having me. All right. Much more to come. Thanks again to Quentin Newsom and Tommy Hill for joining us this week here in studio. You're listening here to the Husker Online Show. You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with lips and ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L-I-B-S-Y-N ads.com. This is HuskerOnline.com, your authority on Nebraska athletics. And welcome back to your final segment of the Husker Online Show. Sean Callahan here, and thanks again to Tommy Hill in our last segment, as well as Quentin Newsom and Tom Kakert for joining me on this week's show. And before we get into the mailbag, this segment of the program brought to you by Restore Hyper Wellness on 30th and Yankee Hill Road. Brand new to Lincoln, uh, but not new to uh, a lot of our listeners around the country. It's a hyper wellness clinic. Uh, they have cryotherapy, infrared sauna, IVs. Awesome place. Check out Restore Hyper Wellness. Grand opening going on this weekend there. Tons of great deals, specials. Uh, try out some of their services that they have. I've tried the cryo. I've done the IVs, uh, infrared sauna. Um, they have medical uh, hydrofacials, other things like that as well. Um, look them up. Um, at right in the Wilderness Hills Plaza there. That's Restore Hyper Wellness. Now let's get into the mailbag. Um, lots of questions here posted this week for me to go through. Uh, my first question, my top six wide receivers go, and that's from Phil. Well, I'll go first. Trey Palmer, Omar Manning, Marcus Washington. I'm going to put Brody Bell in there. I think he's going to fall, fall in there somewhere uh, for Nebraska. I think Elante Brown probably finds himself in that top six. Um, then from there, it gets it gets pretty debatable. I mean, you've got guys like Oliver Martin, but Isaiah Garcia Castaneda, I think you're looking at more like seven. Um, I think you'll see seven, uh, but you could still see a DeColdis Crawford uh, get in there and definitely a Janiron Bonner. They have a lot of options and they have a lot of depth. And, you know, th- that's without Xavier Betts. Think about that. I mean, I, I know when he left, that was a blow, um, but they're just fine without Xavier Betts. I know um, that was a loss, but they've got a lot of – uh, things there. Okay, Mark wants to know what is my first question going to be for Coach Frost? Well, I kind of cheated. I did talk to Coach Frost at Tanner's. Um, he popped in there um, as a surprise visitor during the Husker event on uh, was a Monday night this week. Um, so I did get some questions or I visited with Coach Frost a little bit already. Um, but the, the biggest thing I want to know is just his mindset right now. Like I sensed at least Monday night 
he's got kind of this angry chip on his shoulder. You you can feel it. Um, it's a little different. I, I expect him not to say much in Indy. I think he's going to be very short, very deliberate, and and not really talk a big game, and, and that's probably how it should be. Um, next question is from Rybred. With the Fedoni injury, who would be the number two tight end going to camp? Would it be Chancellor Brewington? No. Um, I still think your number two is a combo of Chris Hickman and Nate Borkatcher. I think Brewington is still the fourth. It is definitely Vokalek and then a combination of Borkatcher and Chris Hickman. Uh, they got good options there still, even without Thomas Fedoni. Um, all right, my next question is from Husker Power 1983 Wants to know, thoughts on landing an offensive lineman named Lance Hurd? Well, it's going to be tough. Five-star out of Louisiana. I know Brian Applewhite's developed a great relationship. You have Mickey Joseph, but LSU wants him, um, and, and it may be tough there to beat the home state Tigers. But Nebraska is definitely, I would say, in the top two with him, with LSU considered the leader. Alberto Ruiz. Ruiz, sorry about that, Alberto, wants to know who will be the first Husker to get their shot at kick and punt returning. Well, theoretically, you think it's Trey Palmer, but I will tell you, I was with Bill Bush last week in Pender at a, a speaking engagement, and Coach Bush shared to the crowd, keep your eyes on Anthony Grant as a kick returner. They really like Anthony Grant as a kick returner. Trey Palmer can do it too, but that's kind of the guy right now, I think. And then at punt return, it's either going to be, in my opinion, uh, number one, Trey Palmer, or number two, Tommy Hill, who we just heard. And Tommy Hill has kind of that fear factor, fearless factor, where he's going to go after the ball and make plays. And that's why Bill Bush really likes a guy like Tommy Hill there. So those are my three guys that will return kicks and punts. I mean, we may see some of those guys. It's it's hard to say how they'll break that up. Um, you know, if, if they want Trey doing it all or just one of it or some of it situationally. Uh, but they have options there, and I think that's good. Uh, next question is from Sal Vasta. Sal wants to know, how quickly should the QB1 be determined, even if privately within the team this fall? Is a QB competition that good for the program and chemistry? Sure. I mean, what has Casey Thompson done yet? He's got to, you know, I think prove it over about two weeks of August. So let's go through the schedule. Nebraska opens up this week. They're going to play it a month. Um, I, I think you got to go about two weeks of fall camp. Um, so is that, you know, they're, they're doing this 3-1-3-1-3-1 schedule. So is that nine practices? I don't know. I mean, that's just the number I'm throwing out there. I think after nine fall camp practices, that's kind of the line where you have to know. And, look, Casey's got the edge. But Chubb is at least going to get an opportunity, I think, to throw it around and get ready. Um, but I would be surprised if Casey's not starting that opener. I think we all would. I mean, if I told you Chubb was going to win the job, um, I, I think he'd be crazy. I mean, I, I think most people – not Chubb, excuse me. Yeah, Chubb. Uh, I think people would think I, I was really stretching there and, and reaching, and, and I agree with that. Uh, Jim in Minnesota, what were my impressions of the players in Frost at the Tanners event? Also, do you get the sense that Anthony Grant will be running back one coming in the Northwestern game? Love the event. It was a great event. Uh, thanks again to Tanners. They put that all on. We worked with them on it. I was the, the guest host for the event for them. We had O'Shawn Mathis, uh, Garrett Garrett was there, Garrett Nelson, and then Trey Palmer, and, and the players were outstanding. I mean, the crowd 
was so into it and, and and it was a lot of fun you know you think about events like this they don't do a lot of things like this especially in Lincoln um, so to get the players and even have some surprise guests show up like coach Frost that was awesome and for those that attended they got a great great deal out of it there was a couple um, of fans that came from the Missouri area Rockport Missouri right on the border and two young boys they were given autographed footballs from the players after the event was over. And these were official size footballs. So um, great night at Tanner's. And I know they want to do that every year going forward. Um, Sal has another question for me. Over under the 2036 for the creation of a 64 team college football super conference. I don't see that happening. I mean, I, I don't know if you can do a super conference of 64 teams. I mean, I know that's theoretically what it could be with a power five, but I think it's going to separate to fewer teams. I think 40 to 50 is more realistic, um, you know, in that range um, because, you know, not everyone can necessarily fit in the SEC or the Big Ten. Um, but, yeah, it's all bets are off where this is all going to go, Sal, someday. All right, next question is from Husker Dudes as we're taking questions in the mailbag. The media talks a lot about Garrett Nelson, Ochon Mathis, and Garrett Tanner for a lot of good reasons. Who do you think is the most underappreciated, least talked about edge rusher? Well, I'll say Caleb Tanner um, because Caleb Tanner, I think, has been kind of pushed back a little bit with Garrett and Ochon, but Garrett or Tanner's going to play. Um, you know, those are really the guys. You, you could see Blaze Gunnerson and Jamari Butler. And Jamari Butler has made a lot of improvements. Um, so that's kind of your sleeper one there. Um, but both him and Blaze Gunnerson, I think, are under the radar names. Uh, Vinny wants to know, will we see Caleb Tanner as more of a rush end or more of a traditional OLB? Curious because of the addition of Mathis and the development of Nelson. Great depth. Great question. And that was something that Ochan and Garrett talked about at Tanner's as well as Eric Chenander. And, you know, it was interesting to hear because this scheme, you could see all three of those guys on the field together. You could see two of those guys on the field. I think it's so situational how they're going to rotate and move those guys in and out. All right. Uh, question here. Let's see. One of the questions, and I, I responded to this on Twitter, who should Major League Baseball add as two expansion cities? I said the two cities should be Vegas and Nashville. And I know theoretically you could see Tampa move to Montreal. Uh, but I think Nashville, I was just there um, a couple of times this year already, would be a home run MLB city, especially if the stadium was right off Broadway Street. Um, that's a no-brainer to me. Vegas is too, but that could be the Oakland A's. Um, so could you see Charlotte, New Orleans, um, you know, somebody else? Um, like that thrown in, especially if the A's move to Vegas someday and then Tampa could end up moving up to Montreal. Um, so those are all things to watch. Uh, Husker Dudes wants to know, who's my first team DL? Well, they're really only going to play two, I think. You know, I think it's defensive front. you got to go with Garrett and Oshon on the edges, and I would say Ty Robinson and uh, Stefan Wynn on the inside or interior D lineman. Eric Schnander said, this uh, at Tanner's this week, we were four man front 84% of the time last year. So this thought that there are three man front, that's really not accurate. They're a four man front. Another question here about receivers. Omar Manning is putting himself in a good position to take off this year. Huh? We'll see. I mean, Omar has had a lot of opportunity. I hope the competition can make Omar banning Omar Manning better. Um, all right. Here is one from Tate. 
is there a date set um, where little where we can pop little red and bring back blonde Herbie? This question has been asked in honor of Hot Mess Husker. Don't know about that. I, I think they're both going to be very much a part of the mascot program, Little Red and Herbie. But you know, you remember back in '02 when Bill Byrne, or I'm trying to think, it was early 2000s. Bill Byrne tried to get rid of Herbie Husker, and that didn't go over very well. So Herbie's definitely always going to be a part of the mascot rotation here at Nebraska. Um, Ethan Hayes wants to know what walk-ons am I most excited about this year. Um, Phelan Sanford well yeah I like Phelan I think he's a special teams guy I think Colton Feast is going to be one that will play a lot more reps than he has before and Brody Belt is going to continue to surprise people Uh, Brody Belt played really well last year and you know I I think for whatever reason people are critical of him but he does his job he does it well and Mickey Joseph really likes Brody Belt Faux Corso wants to know how smooth has the transition been on the offensive side of the ball with a brand new system and play caller in place? Well, they've had all spring, they've had all winter, they've had all summer. So they've had a lot of time and they're going to start practice this week. So um, I think they're right ahead of schedule uh, with where they want to be. And then the final question is from Phil Is the Ireland travel roster the same as the conference travel roster or is there a special exemption made? Great question, Phil. Uh, there is no travel roster restriction for Ireland. But as you know, it's very expensive to travel overseas to Ireland. Um, Nebraska will take 110 players. So whoever their fall camp roster is, that's 110, that theoretically will be who they take over to Ireland. Now, there could be some injuries, other things that happen. Um, you know, like a guy like Thomas Fedoni, is he, he going to practice? If not, will he still go to Ireland? There's situations like that, um, like Nuri Noeli. He's ineligible for the year. My guess is he won't get to go to Ireland, and that's a tough blow because he has family in Europe from Germany that were going to come over to that game. Um, So, yeah, there's some tough decisions because about 40 players on the roster will not get to make that trip over to Ireland. Well, that wraps it up here for the Husker Online Show. I'll have plenty of content and coverage on next week's show from the Big Ten Media Days in Indianapolis. Thanks again to Tommy Hill, Quentin Newsom, and Tom Kakert for joining me here on this week's show. Thanks again for joining us this week on Husker Online, your authority on Nebraska athletics. 